What is up, everybody? Welcome to Wine in the Middle, your home for all things racing with me, Thomas Brandon, and a man with me, as always, Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? What is going on? Oh, not much, man. Not much. We got a uh, bunch of stuff to get to. Uh, busy week of racing. Obviously, NASCAR playoffs kicked off at Darlington. Did you get a chance to watch the race? I did. Me too. It was uh, it was a good, good one. Pretty good one. Um, which also got me the win in the in the NASCAR pick'em. So I definitely got to celebrate that because that ha- has happened way too little times this year. Um, but got that. We got big news uh, in the NASCAR world with uh, another driver move, which we pretty much all kind of saw coming uh, to Legacy Motor Club. Plus, we got dirt track recap, hit or miss, and uh, you know. Just same old stuff, different different day. So, uh, Keith, how was your Labor Day weekend, man? Did you have a good weekend? It was pretty good. Uh, spent most of the weekend at work, unfortunately. But, hey, it's what we live to do, I guess. Yeah, I fortunately did not. Uh, I, and when I say did not, I mean I didn't work. Now, I did work on my online business, my, my, my uh, you know, sim racing business i did work on that but i did not do glass so that was good Uh, it was nice to have a couple days off from doing glass work because uh it's been a long year with the glass business it's been a really long year so that was nice to get a couple days off took my son on sunday we went out and i took him and his one of his little friends we went to they got a a go-kart place by us with laser tag and all these different things. So we went and did that on Sunday. And then Monday, I basically just kind of hung out and did some work on the computer, live streamed and yeah, just, just kind of relaxed. So it was, uh, it was nice to finally have a weekend off a full weekend off from the glass business. And, uh, but that's short lived. I got work this weekend and we're back to the grind. So yeah, at least it wasn't hot. That's good. At least, at least it's not yeah. hot now. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah, it ain't humid anymore. It's not really a hundred degrees anymore, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. I heard somebody talk. I one of the pods I listened to must have been uh must have been Joe Rogan, and he was talking about the heat because like in Texas right now, you know, it's like 112 or something, and he was saying he's like, well, it's, it's just heat, just heat, it's just hot. I do all kinds of stuff in the heat. Yeah, I don't care. If it's just heat, I don't care. I hate it. Can't stand it. I hate when I literally have sweat coming out of every pore on my body, right? Where my clothes are sticking to me because I'm sweating so bad because I'm working my ass off in the heat. I don't care if it's just heat. I hate it. It sucks. I don't like it. Never liked it. All right. Dry heat, humid heat, doesn't matter. It's all heat. It all sucks, in my opinion. So glad that it's yeah. coming to an end. Yep. Heat but, is heat. Yeah, it is. It's hot. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Um, we were at uh, one time, quick story, my uncle, my uncle Marty, who lives up in Washington, is he's one of the funniest people I've ever met. I, he's hilarious. And we were, I can't remember where we were at, but we were like at a public place. Um, We were like down in like Disneyland or something like that. And, you know, down in LA, it doesn't get hot that much right it does in for just a little bit during the summer but year-round it's basically like 70s you know just that's what it is 
and my my uncle and I were sitting there talking, and it was one of those days where it was like unusually hot, and I was like, God, it's it's hot, man. I hate this crap. And uh, some guy was walking by. Just some I mean, we don't even know, him. and he's like, Well, California's not bad because it's a dry heat. And Malcolm Martin's like, Well, yeah, but it's it's still hot. Heat is heat, and. The guy goes, yeah, but humidity, humidity makes it worse. It's like, I don't care. 110 is 110. Doesn't matter if it's freaking humid or not. He goes, go put your hand over a flame. He goes, it's still heat. Doesn't matter if it's dry heat or wet heat. He's like, what the hell are you talking about? Get the hell out of here. And that always <laughs> stuck with me because people always say, well, at least it's a dry heat. It's like, no, dude, I don't care. When it's 110, it doesn't matter if it's dry or humid. It's still hot, right? Like it's still hot. I'm not going to go back to, you know, Ohio when it's only 80 and it's 90% humidity and be like, well, it's only 80. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a moist heat, but it's only 80. No, dude, it's hot. It's, it doesn't matter what hot is. I don't care what it is. <laughs> when you can't breathe because it's so hot, it sucks. So anyways, moving on. Uh, we have already established that we hate the heat, so we can, we can move on from that. But I got to talk about for this week's open um, because we're already hearing it. It's we've had one race. It, we're already hearing people talk about it. Um, we're already hearing people say, you know, talking about playoff formats and how we can change it. And should we change it? And should we make it different? And this week I was listening to, uh, I don't know if it was this week's episode or last week's episode. Because I'm I'm kind of behind on my episodes of racing podcasts because I've talked about this before. I don't like to listen to them until after we do ours, just because of the fact that I don't want their opinions to sway mine. I can't remember which one I was listening to, but Chris Rice was on Door Bumper Clear. Chris Rice is the one of the high president or something at College Racing, and they're talking about a new playoff format. And how you should only be able to get in if you win. And what if we had these two different playoffs going simultaneously? And one could be for those who won. And one could be for those who didn't win. And blah, blah, blah. And the comparison that people always make is stick in ball sports. Folks, auto racing, I don't care what form of racing it is, right? If it's auto racing, it's auto racing. It's not a stick in ball sport. You cannot compare those two. The comparison was, well, if the St. Louis Cardinals make it to the World Series, they had to win those games. Yes, of course, because it's heads up. There's only two teams. What are we talking about here? It's not the same. You can't even you it's not you can't even draw a comparison, folks. When you play a baseball game, there's only two teams on the field. Somebody has to win unless it's soccer and then there's ties right but somebody has to win nfl two teams last night the chiefs played the dolphin or the the lions in the season opener right the lions won the game there's got to be a winner yes there are ties but it is rare 99 percent of the time there's a winner there has to be a winner when you get to the super bowl Right? Somebody's walking away with that championship because you have to win the game. Right? Herman Edwards said it best. We play to win the game. Right? It's it's really, really simple in stick and ball sports. NASCAR is not like that. Auto racing is not like that. The best 
drivers ever, ever are losing far more than they're winning. It's it's not even close. So to try to compare this to stick and ball sports is so stupid. And it's dry, it drives me nuts when people, these are highly intelligent people. These guys know their shit when it comes to racing. But why we keep doing this is absolutely beyond me. It drives me nuts. I don't understand it. What is the need? What is the desire to keep wanting to change this playoff system? To keep wanting to change the point system? I don't get it. Folks, the drivers who are good are going to always be there at the end. Jimmy Johnson proved this. And if you go back and you look at those that were in those those playoffs or in the beginning, the chase, right, for the cup, it was basically the same drivers. You didn't have this massive turnover. It's basically 80%, right? There's about a 20% turnover rate. And you got the same 80% year after year making it in because that's what happens. There has to be some level of consistency, right? That is rewarded. You can't just be this whole win and you're in and that's the way it has to be. If you don't win a race, you don't make the playoffs. Folks, do you understand if we didn't have that, Kevin Harvick and Brad Keselowski would not be in the playoffs. Neither would Bubba Wallace. Now, folks, does anybody here, right? Does anybody here in their right mind think that Brad Keselowski and Kevin Harvick did not have playoff-deserving runs this season? Sure, they didn't get wins, but look at the years that they had. Look at the seasons they had. They're incredible. Incredible. Right? Think about it. If we were using the original point system back in the day, they would be top five in the points. And you want to punish that? Why are we punishing why do we want to punish consistency now i don't get it i don't get it we talk about this whole wanting to return to our roots and stuff like this i'm not saying revert the points back to the way it used to be and make it a season-long thing but you don't need to compare it to stick and ball sports and try to turn this into basketball or the nfl it's not that it will never be that so unless you want to start bracketing these guys off and doing heads-up matches within the race where it's like, okay, Larson, this week you're a one seed. You've got to beat McDowell on the track to move on. Unless you you want to start doing stuff like that, which I think would be horrible because that's not racing unless you are drag racing, right? unless it's the NHRA. Shut up. I'm so tired of hearing it. It's such a stupid argument. I don't understand why we keep having this argument. And then there, there's people out there like, oh, that's a really good point. You should have to win to move on. Well, shut the fuck up, man. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Does anybody think that Kyle Larson, right? Like, he, he the guy, the guy is a phenomenal driver. He's phenomenal. He had tons of speed. There was people actually saying before the playoffs started, before the first race started, there was people actually saying, I don't think he'll make it to the round of 12. Right now, obviously, I understand we live in the whole headline society and you got to just say stupid shit to try to get people to, to see what you're talking about. But that is a dumb, dumb uh, point to make or try to make. Right. That is a ridiculous statement. 
if Kevin, if, if Kyle Larson hadn't won a race this year going into the playoffs, right, and he just got in on points, is there is there anybody in their right mind who th- would think that, no, he doesn't have a shot? He doesn't have a shot to make the Final Four. We've seen how fast he can be. We've seen his speed, right? He'll win a race this year. He'd win a race, and then the next race, he'd finish 30th, right? Think about all the races where he was running up front and something happened, right? Kansas, him, between him and Danny Hamlin. Right, just for just for an incident. Other times where he was up front and got wrecked or something broke or whatever, right? The guy has shown speed. Does anybody really think that Kevin Harvick does not belong in the playoffs and does not have a legitimate shot at making the final four, even though he hasn't won a race? Now look, he's gonna have to win. Really, you know, if he wants to make that final four, he's gonna have to put it in victory lane. That's almost a, a a must for him to make it. I mean, yes, he could still point his way there, but you know, come the final four at Phoenix, right? Whoever those four are, you've got to win to bring home that championship. That's the way that it has been now for years. You've got to win. And because if he, if Harvick makes the final four, would that make him any less deserving to be there if he doesn't win a race to get there? No. So shut up about it. It's a stupid argument. I'm freaking sick and tired of hearing about it. And NASCAR, just like any other auto racing, is not a stick and ball sport. So stop trying to turn it into something it has not been and will never be. Freaking idiots. Today's episode is brought to you by Produxa. Look, you guys, when it comes to protecting and adding a mirror-like shine to your surfaces, you pretty much have two options. You can go with one of those low, you know, quality products out there, Uh, you know, do the old school, like my parents used to do, use the old dish soap to wash your car, or you can go with Produxa. You guys, I've personally used this stuff, and it works incredible, man. Whether it's their ceramic coating, their wash, their tire shine, and it not only looks great, but it's super easy to use. I mean, my 10-year-old son was helping me use this stuff, and we used it on my daughter's car, and the car literally looked new. And my daughter's 17, so you can imagine that the car did not look new before we washed it. So if you want to actually give your car a mirror-like shine while in the process protecting it, head over to Produxa.com or the link down in the description below and check out their full line of products today. I can promise you, you will love them. All right, Keith, time for hit or miss. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Sorry, I had to get that rant out of the way. But every time I hear that shit, man, it drives me nuts. I don't understand why we keep having the same stupid conversations. I don't get it, dude. It just uh, bugs me, man. It really bugs me. No, I completely agree. Yeah, it's just dumb, dude. Whatever. All right, moving on. Speaking of Kevin Harvick, as I touched on him in the open, Keith, Kevin Harvick got screwed at Darlington this last week. Hit or miss the mark? Yeah, I think it hits the mark. Yes. Uh, he, uh, he was more than screwed. He got fucked. Yeah. He... I'm, I've seen... It was I've tough. seen people say, oh, well, the the light was red. How did he not see the light was red? Well, when you're moving at high speeds like that, you're, you're not paying attention to a red light. The driver's not paying attention to the red light. He's looking forward. Yeah. The spotter, from my understanding, 
has a hard time seeing that portion of the racetrack anyway. And he, he was far too committed other than unlike the other two that didn't go down pit road. My issue is, is what the fuck was Tyler Reddick doing? What was he thinking at that point in time? <laughs> knowing one, you're not going to make it to pit road in time. And two, what the hell? Yeah, I'm, and, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I just hats off to Ryan Newman. Cause he could have really, real, really messed up that 45 car. And he did not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Harvick got screwed. I thought he was definitely in contention to win. I don't, I don't know if he would have won. Obviously Larson was fast. He ended up winning the race. The, the 11 car, um, in my opinion, was actually the best car. Uh, I do think Hamlin probably would have won had they not had that issue, um, with the wheel. So, you know, but it was definitely Harvick. It was definitely a legitimate shot for Harvick. And, uh, yeah, he, he definitely got screwed. Uh, I think there needs to be a little bit more leeway with that stuff. You know what I mean? I, it's one of those things that it's very rare that it happens where these guys are coming down the, the pit road. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't know, man. I, it doesn't, it seems like this type of thing happens a couple times a year where, and I'm not saying this exact situation, but where you've got somebody, they've already made it past the commitment zone. They've got to come down pit road and then a caution comes out and then, you know, they either drive through or they pit and whichever one they choose, they end up getting screwed on because there's also and, been situations where people decided not to pit and then they end up being held at the exit because it's closed. You know what I mean? Like it, there's, it happens and, a multitude of ways. And and that's what I've seen on freaking Twitter. Well, why didn't he just drive through the box? Why didn't yeah. he just drive to the end of pit road and pull back out on the racetrack? Well, uh, Rodney Childers had a very good explanation. They were going to the back anyway. Yeah. He was like, so why not just stop, get, get the pit stop done and over with? Cause we're going to the back. It don't yep. matter either way. Yeah. Now at this point, yeah, they're, they're cautions come out They're They're going to the back. I, of the, so I, I, I get I, it. I, I agree with what you're saying though. I feel like there, there's gotta be that, that whole role needs adjusted because when you're committed, you're committed. There's no going back. Yeah. Say he does decide to pull back out on the racetrack and he hits the commitment box. You're screwed mm -hmm. either way. Yep. And when you're that far, that close to the line, you, you're, you're threading, you're treading really thin eyes. Yeah. Exactly. So I, you know, to me, it's one of those things where, you know, what, what the rule could be, what they could make it, how they should, I, I don't know. I have no idea, um, no clue what they should do or how it should be. Um, all I know is, is, is this seems to come up, you know, a couple times a year. And when we get into these playoffs, right? where each race means so much you can't have these these one-off situations ruin somebody's playoff chances right you know you look at what happened with Harvick the finish that he got the um 
you know, what happened with that. And now Harvick, who had been, you know, doing well in the standings, is now below the cutoff. He's one of the first four drivers out. Now we still have two races. One of them is Bristol, which he's obviously very good at. But I mean, it's it, it just uh I don't know. It seems like in a situation where we want to make sure that we've we're not having these one off situations ruin people's seasons, we still have these situations like this. So yeah, they need to they need to come up with something. At little bit more leeway just something something so yeah. all right moving on decision was announced that john hunter nemechek will be joining legacy motor club next season so keith john hunter nemechek has made the right decision with his nascar racing career joining legacy motor club hit or miss the mark um I don't know which way to go with this. I'm going to say it misses the mark for now. Because, I mean, let's be honest, his last stint in the Cup Series did not fare too well for himself. And he's no. going to be coming <clears throat> off probably a career year in the Xfinity Series. It's going to be very hard to follow that up in a car he's never driven before. Um, so I'm going to say it misses the mark for now. But what this does show me is the writing on was on the wall for Noah Gregson from the jump. From the announcement of Toyota, I think John Hunter was the odd man out, whether it was the Instagram post or not. You mean Noah Gregson was, was the odd man out? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Noah was the odd man out. I, yeah. It was all ass backwards there, my bad. That's all right. He wasn't returning either way. When they made the announcement to move to Toyota, the Instagram post just solidified a reason to get rid of Noah. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, let's be honest here. Toyota and JGR runs the Toyota routes. What they say goes. And if they want John Hunter in the Cup Series, they're going to put him in the Cup Series. It's just moving somebody out. And unfortunately, an Instagram post bit somebody in the ass. But I think he was gone either way at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I'm with you um, on that. I do. I think it actually hits the mark. I like the decision for him. I actually, I, dude, hats off to John Hunter Nemechek because I think I don't think this has gotten enough um, credit for him in terms of betting on yourself. We see it so often with guys who will come up to cup to the cup series and whatever ride they get. And then they're just there. They know they can't compete for wins and championships, but they're going to stay there because they're a cup driver and that's what they've always wanted to be. And they can make a living. They can do all these different things, right? They'll almost settle. And Nemechek didn't do that, you know, with front row. He saw what, the limitations were and the year that he had that year that was that it was covid there was a bunch of weird stuff going on it's weird you know yeah it was it was a weird year and look he decided to to take a chance and he bet on himself and he went back to the truck series and got in a good truck ride 
ended up coming out winning what five races that year yeah next year won two xfinity he's won the most races this year in xfinity like he the the guy bet on himself and it's paying off he's now going to a team that's switching over to toyota they will definitely be treated like a key partner right obviously they're not going to be 2311 or gibbs but they're in terms of toyota that's it right so toyota's got a lot of resources that can pump into them and i think it's a smart move i like it um and and we're going to get a chance to see what this kid's really got and i'm not going to say i'm not a fan of the move i'm a fan of the move i'm a john hunter fan just because of the Nemechek mm-hmm. name, I was a John Nemechek fan or a Joe Nemechek fan yeah. growing up. Um, but I mean, I think this is really going to, I think it'll help him more than it'll hurt him because he'll have Jimmy Johnson, probably one of the greatest race car drivers in the world. Yes. To his disposal. Yep. And I mean, let's just face it, Ford Performance didn't do him any favors when he went to front row. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. They did not. So, I like the move. I want to see how it plays out before I can say, yeah, that hits the mark. But yeah. I, agree with, I agree with yours and mine. I see both sides of it. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, moving on. Heading into the playoffs, there were actually people doubting whether or not Kyle Larson could make a run to the Final Four, and he proved them all wrong with his win at Darlington. Hit or miss the mark? I mean, that misses the mark. Why are you going to doubt Kyle Larson? I just, yeah, I don't get it. Fucking people are stupid. I'm just going to say it. People (laughs) are dumb. They probably should just keep, whether it's a good opinion or a bad opinion, just keep your mouth shut. I mean, because... How are you going to bet against Kyle Larson? How and why? Why would you do that? Yeah, even the even the arguments that kind of made sense when they talked about the team and mistakes and stuff like that. Even then, if that guy's in your car, no matter where you are going, you've got a chance to win, and that's all you need in these playoffs. We saw it last year with Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell made he kept making it round after round because he could pop off a win. That's all you have to be able to, you got to be able to put it together for one race, right? Get that win. And right now, I'm sorry. I don't care how, how many wins Byron has or how well whoever Bushers look. If I have to win a race, Kyle Larson is at the top of that list. Period. Point blank. End of story. And that is not because, you know, I used to race against them and you know, none of that stuff. It, it It is strictly... I think the guy, in terms of just pure driving talent, is the best there is right now. So I don't know how you could ever even... I get it. You're trying to make a headline. Whatever. Congratulations. You're an idiot. Why he would bet against this guy is just beyond me. So, yeah. it People are stupid. I'm with you. I mean, that... <laughs> I'm just going to keep my mouth shut because yeah. I could go on all day for yeah. this. It's just people are stupid. So... You, you got shown up on the first first uh, round of the playoffs. Congratulations, you're an idiot. All right, so that's gonna do it all for hit or miss. And when we get back, we're gonna do our NASCAR pick 'em. Plus, we forgot to go over our preseason playoff predictions heading into the playoffs last week. So we're gonna do that today. 
we're just a week behind, but that's okay. Playoffs haven't changed yet. And then we've got our dirt track recap plus an ask three wide listener email. So stick around. All right. So it is time for our NASCAR pick'em. Now, before we do our NASCAR pick'em, so Keith, at the beginning of the season in February, leading up to Daytona, we actually predicted our 16 drivers for the playoffs. Um, we forgot to go over. I, I forgot this last week. Um, I forgot all about it. And we didn't go over it. So we're going to actually go over our predictions now to see how well we did um, and uh, who got the most out of the 16. Uh, we had some interesting picks. Looking on, Looking at this, I was kind of shocked i was like well i can't believe i picked that guy and then it's like well actually i can believe i picked him now that i look at it so anyways keith do you remember who you picked for the playoffs who you're 16 i know or? ryan priest was in there and i that was a big fail <laughs> <laughs> so you had you had kyle larson kevin harvick ryan blaney kyle bush denny hamlin uh William Byron, Tyler Reddick, Ross Chastain, Joey Logano, and Christopher Bell. Your misses were Chase Briscoe, Chase Elliott, Ryan Priest, Daniel Suarez, Alex Bowman, and AJ Allmendinger. So those were you had ten out of sixteen. So you so what you're telling me is I predicted the future by saying months ago that chase elliott wasn't going to make the playoffs exactly exactly you did get that right you get that right (laughs) (laughs) so i had kyle larson ryan blaney christopher bell william byron kyle bush ross chastain denny hamlin kevin harvick tyler reddick joey logano martin Truex jr and bubba wallace and i missed on aj allmendinger alex bowman chase elliott and daniel suarez so i actually had 12 out of 16 so i actually beat you at something this year so that's good um which is the only reason we're going over this because i actually want something this year against you because so far i have been putting up massive goose eggs so yeah those were our playoffs so overall we were pretty close um a couple of those guys are, I mean, first of all, Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman, take them out, right? I, I think with the seasons that they had with the injury, the penalty, all the stuff like that, I think you kind of just have to chalk that up as, you know, I, at one point, Alex Bowman was leading points and it wasn't like after two races, like we were, you know, we were weeks into the season. So yeah, and back that, injury didn't help him. Mm-hmm, at it all. did not. It did not. Um, I think the two biggest surprises for me, and like I said, take Chase Elliott out of it because of what happened with him. But I think the two biggest surprises to me are Suarez and Almendinger. You know, I I'm really shocked by those two not making it, especially as good as they are on road courses and as many road courses as we ran this season. Right, for them to not get a win, I. I'm just really shocked by that, you know, and I think it's really a testament to how well the, you know, the oval guys are on road courses now, right? If you think about if we were going to, right, like, so take the Roval coming up, which I know that's not really a road course, but whatever, the Roval's coming up. 
are you gonna is your first pick gonna be one of these road these quote unquote road course specialists? Like for me, it wouldn't be. I would be picking a Denny Hamlin or a Kyle Larson before I would be picking any of those guys. Hell, I'd pick Kevin Harvick, right? Or a Christopher Bell before I'm picking a a Suarez or an Almendinger. You know, one of these quote unquote road course guys. I'd completely agree. Yeah. Uh, so I think it has more to do with these guys that have just gotten way better. Yeah. And it's a testament to how hard mm-hmm. cup racing really is. Cause I it mean, is. How we've seen Suarez in pretty comfortably, even mm-hmm. after before the win at Sonoma yep. and the 99 team kind of plateaued. Um, yeah. I well, I think, I think the, if you even look at what, what's happened with Ross this year, I think those guys have just, they've, they've hit a wall somewhere. Uh, well, uh, I think it was a Hendrick wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Mr. Rick Hendrick set Ross down. It was like, you need to chill your ass out or you're not going to last long. Cause uh, I mean, ever since that first Darlington race, we kind of seen Ross kind of go yeah. into hiding pretty much the 99 yeah. man. They've really been really up and down. They've shown a ton of speed at times. It's Oddly similar to what you see at Stuart Haas. You, yes. you have one guy carrying the boat. Carrying and the, the rest, flag. And yeah, and the rest, along. the rest could barely carry an oar. Yeah. Um, it just, it goes to show how hard it is to make the playoffs, let alone win a race. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I, I well, think I mean, it's, uh, it, it's, I just, I mean, I think it's just a really, like you were talking about, it's really a testament to how hard NASCAR is. Yeah. Well, I mean, and this is why we call it the top form of American motorsports mm-hmm. and, it, and it shows. Cause like yeah. I, I had Ryan priest making it because I figured, all right, Stuart Haas is going to figure this out at some point. Yeah. At some point they're going to figure it out, but they have not. And I blame Ford because I mean, even if you look at all the other Ford teams outside of RFK, they have figured something out that the other four teams cannot find. Yep. And it is amazing to see. It's crazy to see what the playoffs can do to teams as mm-hmm. far as either motivating them, digging deep and finding things that other teams can't find. And I'm not going to sleep on Kevin Harvick through the playoffs. You can't. You, you can't bet on this guy to miss it. And and he might. He could miss the playoff the the next round, but I, I would not bet against that man. I think he's got a point to prove. He had a point to prove at Darlington. Yep. Uh, it just it's a damn shame because if you take that four car out of the playoffs, Stuart Haas does not have a car in the yep. playoffs since a very long time since yep. the, the arrival of Tony Stewart at Stuart Haas, and it just it it's. I think the NASCAR playoffs are more competitive and more exciting than some baseball playoff series. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I'm with you there. And look, I love baseball. I love baseball. Me too. I love football. You know what I mean? Like I, I love those sports, but I think the NASCAR playoffs, I, 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 I don't think you can make it better than it is i really don't I, you know i think yeah so 
anyways, all right. Um, along with that, uh, really big news coming out, which I, I think it's going to have an effect on the playoffs just because it's now done and over with and they can move on, which is Danny Hamlin signing the multi-year agreement with Joe Gibbs. This also cements 2311's position moving forward, right? Now that they know Danny's at Gibbs, this was a big part of the contract. You know, Danny kept saying this is why it's taking longer because of 2311. There was just certain things they wanted to make sure were in place. Um, he they obviously signed the deal. And so I actually think that's a that's a big deal because now there's no more answering those questions. You don't have to worry about that. You can just move on. So yeah, big, big news with that. Um, I wasn't shocked by that. Were you shocked by that, Keith? I mean, did you ever think that Denny Hannon was going to be going anywhere other than Gibbs? I, did, I didn't see that happening. I'd, I'd say he had better odds of returning to Joe Gibbs than Kyle Busch ever did. Yeah. Uh, the relationship that Joe, or I'm going to say the whole Gibbs family, has with Denny mm -hmm. is outstanding. It's amazing. Um. I was not surprised. I figured it was going to take a little longer because not only did Denny have to think of himself, but he's got to think of the future of 2311. Yes. Do you mm -hmm. want to stay with Toyota that is ascending, or do you want to go to, let's say, Ford that is kind of plateaued in the middle? They're there, yeah. but they're not there. I mean, you could make the jump to Chevy. There's a strong argument that Chevy's really good. Um, I was not surprised by it. I'm happy to see... Me too. Denny staying with Toyota. I mean, Me it, too. it was weird seeing Kyle Busch leave. It would have been really weird to see Denny Hamlin leave yeah. for a different team. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm really hoping Denny Hamlin can get a championship. I really Me am. Too. He deserves it. He, he really does. does. He does. So I'm really hoping he can get one. And I think he's got a really good shot at it this year. So that being said... Let's move on to our NASCAR pick'em here for week two of the playoffs. We've got Kansas coming up. So last week I had Larson. You had Byron. Larson got the win. Um, Byron finished, what did he finish? Fourth? Fifth? He was in Fourth. the top five. Fourth. Okay. So both of us had good races. That's just Larson happened to be a little bit better. So I'm going to pick first this week. And I am actually going to be going with the man we just talked about, uh, Denny Hamlin. He won here in the fall. And I think the Toyotas are really good at, at these types of tracks. Um, that, you know, these, these, uh, I guess you would call them arrow tracks, you know, these, these mile and a half, they seem to always be fast and be running up front. So yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, Denny this week at Kansas. Who do you got Keith? I know well, I just stole your pick. I was going to go with Denny Hamlin, but I, I was roundhouse kicked there, so now I can't take him. Um, Man, I got to – it's tough because I, I want to pick Chris Buescher, but I don't want to pick Chris Buescher. So I'm going to go with Kyle Larson, the guy that Denny had to beat. Okay, that's not bad. That's a smart pick. That is. Um, I've actually got Buescher on my radar – Dude, dude, yeah, I, I, I do. Um, 
He could very well walk into Bristol and win there again. Yes, absolutely. Really could. I mean, he won there what last year? The playoff was it last race year that he won. One, I yeah. think it was. Yeah. But so, let, let, how's about the rise of RFK? It's been incredible, man. I it's was been uh, incredible. I was a Roush fan growing up. I was a huge Mark Martin fan. Matt Kenseth died. I loved Matt Kenseth. When those guys left and Carl Edwards left, man, they they fell off a the biggest canyon there is in the world. Yeah, it was tough, man. You know, one of the one of the best interviews I've ever heard about Roush was Greg Biffle talking to um Dale Jr. on the Dale Jr. download. And um now I've mentioned this before, but for those of you guys who don't know this, my my family up in Washington, they all know Greg Biffle like very well. My cousin David was best friends with Greg Biffle. They're still very, very close growing up. And you used to kind of hear this, you know, I remember my cousin Shelby, when she was back in North Carolina for a little while, she'd actually stayed there a little bit with them and stuff like that. And there was rumblings of this, but obviously he's not telling people, you know, he's not spilling the bean and stuff, but you know, we would hear stuff like, Oh, they're, they're just kind of having some issues right now. They've fallen a little behind things like that. But when he came out on the Dell junior download and talked about how, you know, like he was like, I should have left there. We fell way behind we got behind on technology and innovation. You know, when you start hearing that stuff, that was shocking because you wouldn't expect that from Roush. They were always so far ahead of the curve. They were thought as great innovators and they really fell behind there. And, you know, obviously we saw that they, they do the whole Roush Yates motor thing that obviously improves the, the power and stuff like that. Um, Fenway comes along you know, obviously helps with that. Um, but even then, like you said, after they lost Kenseth and Edwards and Biffle and, Bert, you know, all these guys, Mark Martin, these guys who were just these mainstays with Roush for so long and had really been the banner carriers of that organization, they leave. And now it's, well, who do they got? And what are they doing? They're running horribly. And then Keselowski comes along and they get this thing turned around. And it's taken less than two years. It's 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 insane to think about the turnaround that that organization has had from the fall off that they had. It it almost reminds me of when Tony Stewart went to Stewart Haas. Yes, we seen, exactly. We seen Haas; they were terrible, mm-hmm. like laughable. And then Tony people thought Tony there. Stewart was nuts. Oh, they, they called him an idiot. Yep. Like, what are you doing leaving one of the best teams in racing to go yep. to one of the worst? And I'm, and let's be honest here. Gene Haas, before Tony Stewart, was the Rick Ware racing of that time. Yes. They were a laugh, laughing stock. They were a joke. They tainted Ward Burton's freaking name, for Christ's sakes. And, and now you've seen the turnaround there, and then you look at RFK, and it's like, this is unbelievable. This is mm-hmm. amazing. Because now you're not only are you seeing the rise of RFK, but you're seeing the rise of Chris Busher, and I'm here for it. Yep. Yep. So 
it's been incredible. It's been awesome to see. And uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. So, so yeah. Anyways, back to our pick So, I've got Hamlin. You've got Larson. You still have a... Uh, a commanding lead. <laughs> a commanding lead in the points over me. Yes. Um, it's not even close. But <laughs> I guess if I win the oh, rest fun. of the races, it might be close. I don't know. But anyway, so... Yeah, that's who we got for next week. So that's going to do it for our NASCAR Pick'em. And now it is time for our Dirt Track recap. And yeah, uh, a ton of stuff going on. So last night, um, Gold Cup out here in California, about 40 minutes from where I'm at, kicked off night number one prelim. Larson got the win. Uh now, Kyle Larson's only running the prelim night. He's not running the final night on Saturday night because obviously NASCAR is running in Kansas. He's got the playoffs. That's a more pressing issue. Um, but he did get the win last night in the prelim night. Uh, Corey Day, the kid just continues to impress. Um, ended up finishing third, moved up eight spots in the feature, which was uh, really incredible. This was a stout field. Although this was a prelim night, this was not um, some, you know, schmuck night. You had Kyle Larson out there, Logan Schuhart, Brad Sweet, Carson Macedo, McFadden, uh, Selzy, you know, they were all running. And then you had a bunch of, you know, really local studs out there. Uh, Shane Golubic, you know, Chase Johnson led for the first 21 laps. He looked really good, but when when Larson passed him for the lead, he fell off quite a bit. Uh, Noah Gass, Cole Macedo, Tim Cading, Andy Forsberg. Like, it was a pretty stout field. Now, last night, there was only 28 drivers total. There was a little more than 60 registered for the event, but there was a couple of guys who ran the 360 show on Wednesday night, wrecked their cars, and that was the car that they were going to be running in the gold cup and they had to fix the car before they could put the 410 motor in. And so they've been pushed to tonight's prelim. So tonight's prelim is actually going to be closer to 40 cars. It was going to be like 30 and 30, but now it's going to be closer to 40 tonight because of what happened. So uh, they had to kind of change a couple little things around because the system it's, it's all based off points you earn points. It's a six-car invert in the heats. You earn points every time you're on the track, and then that'll determine the field on Saturday, at least lock in the, the top, and then you've got the consolations to get to the feature. So um, this is the way that they ran Gold Cup for years when I used to go when I was a kid. Uh, this was always one of the biggest shows. You know, there was a time where the Gold Cup Race of Champions was literally just one tier below, you know, the Kings Royal and the Knoxville Nationals. No joke. Like, there was an argument that could be made in the late 90s, early 2000s that, that it was, you know, a, you could make the argument that it was a crown jewel race. It was that big a deal to win Gold Cup back then. And... It really lost a lot of its luster uh, there for a while. Um, they condensed the show down to like two nights and they got rid of the points and it, it they it just was bad. 
um, you you kind of got a behind the scenes look at what bad promoters can do or promoters who don't know what they're doing. And uh, now, you know, with Larson and Sweet and these guys who took it over, it's it's nice to see it kind of returning back to what it used to be, which was awesome to watch last night. So I was planning on going. I didn't get the chance to make it up there. Unfortunately, the glass business had me too busy. I'm not going to make it up there tonight. Um, I'm not going to make it there Saturday. So once again, I'm missing Gold Cup. But that's okay because in two weeks, I'll be at the Four Crown. So it'll all be worth it. But Keith, did you see the race last night? Did the prelim last night, or did you happen to see uh, any of the highlights of it? I seen a little bit of the highlights. I was watching the uh, USAC race, but uh, no surprise, Kyle Larson winning. I'm, yeah. I'm not surprised at all. Yep. Um, I, I'm looking forward to running tonight because I want to see what Tanner Holmes can do. Yes. Let's see what he can do in that one T because I'm telling you, everybody's sleeping on this kid in that car, and I, I think it's going to end up. Mm-hmm. voting well for that young man yes i do too um he's obviously got a ton of talent um and he and, he has shown it right so far i think i do think he's gonna get a win before the season's over i completely agree and i wouldn't and it wouldn't surprise me and it wouldn't surprise me with another young up and rising guy, Corey Day. It wouldn't surprise yes. me to see him win the whole whole gold cup weekend. Um yep. yeah. dude, he's he's someone to really keep an eye on. Yes. Like I one hundred percent. Yes. His stock uh, is rising in my eyes. No, it is to me. Um I said this weeks ago, I think he's the number one, you know, up and comer in dirt racing right now. I, I I truly believe that. Um you know, I had heard about Corey Day. Obviously, last year I saw some stuff that he was in, but when I started early this season, when my buddy Kyle I talked about him before, you know, who's racing against Corey Day every single weekend, when he started telling me uh, about the stuff that this kid was doing on the track, and then I went and I watched it, and I was blown away. I was blown away. Um, really, when I saw when I saw him at Hanford uh, running the the King of the West show. Um, and that was the one that McFadden was running. When I saw what Corey day did I, in that race, I was just like, uh, done. Uh, this guy's this, this kid's got it. And it's been really impressive. Now for all that being said, I think Tanner Holmes is literally number two on that list in terms of up and comers. I really do. I think that kid has got an insane level of talent as well. And I'm, I'm with you. I think he's going to pop off a win here in that car. Um, remember, Hey man, Jacob Allen won this race last year. You know, Jacob Allen won gold cup last year, the year before Shuhart won gold cup. So shark racing has really owned this track. Now, obviously it is different. We got the different tire this year and that has thrown some teams off. And that one, a team has, has seemed to have had trouble with it, or at least Jacob had trouble with it. But since Tanner has been in that car, they've looked really, really good. So I'm with you. I'm looking forward to watching it tonight. I think it's going to be a really interesting to see how well um he does at a track that he's raced a lot at so yeah now you mentioned the usac race usac they were at what was it devil's bowl last night that were they were at yeah yeah they junked four cars and qualifying <laughs> yeah yep and they were running who were they running with is it a 
ASCS or ASSC. Uh, I think they were, it's a co-shank ASCS. Yep. So they were with the ASCS last night. Um, the macho man got the win Brady bacon. No surprise. Uh, you know, Robert blue had a chance. Yes, he did. Um, I, I don't know. Blue's one of those guys. I always think he's got a chance. But I agree. yeah, you know it. That was Bacon's what fifty first or fifty. I don't know something. When I he's just the guy's really really good. Um, he got the win. Swanson finished second. Kyle Cummins third. He had Rogers and Grant fourth and fifth, and then you know, uh, Brody. I always say this dude's name is it Roa. Kevin Thomas Jr., Emerson Axon, Mitchell Moles, and Kyle Jones rounding out the top 10. Um, the. Uh, God dang it. Were the. Uh, the Midgets didn't run last night, right? I don't you said Midgets? So. No, they didn't run last night, did they? No. I didn't think, I so. think so. Yeah. They are. I think they're. I think they're off until. Let's see. They are off till September 21st. Yeah, that's right. Gas City. City. Yep. So, um, I, dude, I'm so looking forward to the four crown. God, I cannot wait for the four crown. I cannot wait for the four crown. Should be a national holiday. So much fun. (laughs) Yes, it should be. Well, for me, it's going to be a holiday. Um, yeah. So, the uh, other big news is tonight we've got the kickoff to the World 100. Um, also, which me and Keith were talking about this before today's show, you know, Gold Cup's going on, and then also the All-Star Series, they've got the Pescarora uh, 50, which is $56,000 to win, going on at the same time in Port Royal. Um, last night they had the, I don't even know what it's called. It was just, I guess a prelim night, uh, but it was 10,000 to win. And Keith, we were talking about this before. We see this a lot more. It seems like in sprint car racing than we do with the late models, right? Where you've got the all-stars with the 56,000 to win event going on at the same time, the outlaws are running gold cup. The late models have got the World 100 going on, but you don't see right across the country another late model race that's 50,000 to win going on. Like that doesn't seem to happen. No, and it don't happen often. No. And and that's and that's a trend that I've noticed on that side of dirt racing, the late mm-hmm. model whether it's a Northern Series, West, East, I don't care, insert any series that you can think of. They don't compete against one another when it comes to big money events because they know, okay, what's our best way of getting asses in the stands, cars in the pits? Let's not compete against each other. Don't work against each other. Let's work with each other to bring in 100-plus race cars. And it just blows my mind that in sprint car racing, it's it's always split down the middle. Yeah, you got a big big race over here, and then you got a big race on the other side competing 
with each other because not only is that taking fans away from the racetrack and race cars away from the racetrack, but it's taking folks like me and you that are picking and choosing on which one are we watching? Yep. We're going to watch exactly. Cup or are we going to watch the Port Royal race or are you going to watch the world 100? Yep. And you can't really insert the late model stuff into the sprint car stuff. Uh, they're two uncomparable types of racing. Um, but the point is, is why the fuck, why would you do that? Why would you want to compete with one another instead of saying, Hey, why don't we just push this back a week? So that way we can get 80 plus race cars here and make it one of the bigger events. And then the gold cup could be bigger than what it already is. And yep. And the Tuscarora 50 could be bigger than what it is, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me being too logical on it or. I'm just not seeing everything else that everybody else sees with it because it just don't make sense to me. It'd be like Eldora putting on the million for the sprint car races and let's say Lawrenceburg Speedway is going to put on a, a 50,000 to win sprint car race. It just don't make any sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And um, What's if I'm just stupid and I'm not seeing it? Yeah, I, 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 that could be the case for me too. Lord knows I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but... I I just think when we look at the two those two um those two types of racing and if you look at the the two premier series for those two types of racing now first of all it seems like on the late model side you hear a whole lot more about um the what you would call kind of the other series right outside of the world of outlaws and the Lucas oil late model series, right? You know, people talk about, you know, the XR one series or whatever the hell it is. I mean, the hunt to front, they got their series, right? You've also got the dirt car stuff. I mean, it's like, there's, there's a bunch of other stuff that people talk about and it seems to be a lot more prevalent than on the sprint car side, sprint car side. It's really like, it's, you got the outlaws, you got the all-stars and then that's kind of it, right? There's some regional stuff that's out there. Um, that gets some some pub, but for the most part, you're really just paying attention to those top two. That's really it. And we see it where, you know, on the late model side, I feel like the late model drivers, especially the big stars, they're far more flexible with their, their schedules. And we see so many more of these I guess you would call them like non-sanctioned events, right? Like the World 100, that's not a, like, it's not like it's a straight um, sanctioned event. You know what I mean? It's not a Lucas Oil series race. It's not a, um, I don't think it's an outlaw race. You know what I mean? It's just a, event that Eldora's putting on and you'll see all these guys go run it. And we don't see that that often in the sprint car series. You know, we don't see that with the sprint cars, right? We had the Eldora Million this year, but that's it, right? Like that's really a one-off thing. And we have a whole lot more of these events in the late models it feels like than we do um with the sprint cars. And it seems like the the late model racing has really I mean, obviously, it's always been big, but it seems like it's getting much bigger. The purses are obvious. They seem way bigger. 
that you hear far more about, even with the sprint cars adding the high limit series, you still hear far more um, late model events that are 50,000 to win, 30,000, 25,000, you know, 100,000, right? The type of thing, then you do the sprint cars. So I don't know. It's it's really interesting. I wish we could see more of these types of events on the sprint car side. I really do. Because I think it would help the sport. This whole, um, you know, keep our drivers just for us type of thing. You know, in our series, I, I, I just, I wish it wasn't like that. You know, most people, if you ask most people, that are they might be late model fans, but they're not hardcore following the series each and every day. Most people couldn't tell you who's running which series full time, right? Most people can't tell you that. They don't know. And here's the deal: they don't care, right? They don't care. All I wanted, all I know is, is that if I'm watching the World 100, I can expect all the big guys to be there, and they will be, right? So at the end of the season. Right when we've got the world finals going on at Charlotte, it's not just going to be the outlaw drivers that are there. The Lucas Oil guys are going to be there too. You know what I mean? So, I I think the late model side has kind of got that figured out better than the sprint car side, and I think it's one of the reasons why we're seeing such growth on the late model side. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So World One Hundred taking off. Um, we've also got big news at uh longhorn racing so longhorn chassis just announced that brandon shepherd will be the new house car for longhorn moving forward 20 starts uh, january of 2024 so tim mccready is going to be out as the longhorn house car um this is this is really unprecedented you know shepherd was the you know, the house car for rocket for years. Um, you know, that's where he had, you know, a lot of his success, right. When he won all those championships with the outlaws, won all those races, you know, basically he was the rocket house car. Um, and now he's going to be the longhorn house car. If you look at the transition that they made, I think it is a, a true testament to, Brandon Shepard because they start off the year a little rocky, right? Um, you got to think he, he's, you know, switching chassis is a big deal. That's a really big deal, especially for these late model guys. Um, you know, it's not like on the sprint car side where you're going from a Maxim to a, to a triple X, right? Like going from a rocket to a Longhorn because there's so much more wiggle room these guys have got with these cars in terms of what they can do. It's a big deal. And, you know, the beginning of the year they struggled, they got it figured out and they, they're looking strong. And I think next year he is going to be one of the big time championship contenders um, in whichever series he runs. Obviously we don't know if he's going to do the outlaws or Lucas oil, but I think he's going to be a championship contender. Um, and I think it's cool. I, I like it. You know uh, I think it's really cool because he's had, he's had a really good season. He's got four wins. And I think now 
it's only going to get better. Uh, when you become a house car, I mean, you can obviously, you know, we talked about being like a key partner with these manufacturers of NASCAR. When you're the house car, you are the partner. So it should be, uh, it should be interesting. So really cool. Congrats to them. That's a big deal to go from, you know, rocket racing, being the house car. And then now you're the house car with a uh, longhorn. So pretty, pretty incredible. All right. So that is our dirt track recap. And before we wrap things up, which I should say, we are going to wrap things up with and ask three wide questions. So um, this is actually pretty interesting. Um, I got this, I actually got this question probably, it's probably two weeks ago. I wrote it down and I literally forgot about it. And um, when I was pouring through the stuff today, I found my uh, playoff thing, um, you know, where we uh, made our playoff predictions and underneath it was the ask three wide question that I was supposed to use as well. So this was from Jerry and this is just a, it's kind of a fun question, but Jerry says, Keith, Tommy, if you guys could start a race team in any form of racing, what would it be? And who would your driver be? Now I know we've been asked before who we would pick as a driver. Um, but, in terms of starting a race team. I don't think we've been asked that before. So Keith, I'll let you go first. If you could start a race team, what would it be? Um, man, that's a, that's tough, but I'd, I'd start a non-wing sprint car team, two car team. And I would hire team as and Kevin Thomas jr. To, race the cars not a bad idea <laughs> i mean obviously both those guys can wheel and they are they're crowd favorites i mean obviously team is is met meserol is going to be one of those guys where even 20 years from now right i mean i because i think meserol pretty close to my age. He's a, he's about, he's late thirties, I think around 40, some mid, maybe mid to late thirties, somewhere around there. Um, but he's going to be wrenching cars when he's 70. Like he, you're going to see Meserol around the track until the day he dies, which is yeah. awesome. I love that fact about him. Um, but fans love him. And no matter if he's running first or 15th, the guy's putting on a show. And, uh, anytime you have a race team, you can work with that. And not only that, he's obviously a, a really good driver as well. So yeah, I like that. Um, I would go a different route. I, as much as I would love to have a midget or non-wing team, I, I wouldn't do it just because money wise, I don't think it's worth it. Unless you're doing like Keith Coons and you're selling out rides for three hundred grand a year, I just I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't deal with the finances of it. It would drive me nuts. So 
Yeah, I would probably I would probably go wing racing is what I would do. I'd go I'd go four ten sprint car racing. If I could hire and if I could hire any driver, I would hire Corey Day right now. I know that's crazy, but I would if I had the money to start an outlaw team, I would start an outlaw team and I would be taking Corey Day on tour. That's what I would be doing. Actually, I would probably do the All Stars first. We'd go run. A, we'd go run a season with the All Stars. Then we would go run the Outlaws, just because oh, the All Star the All Star schedule is a little bit more spread out. It's not as daunting as the uh, um, Outlaw schedule is. You know, the kids also still in high school. You know, he's like sixteen or seventeen. So I want to get them get them graduated before. <laughs> Before we got him full time, you know, on the road, uh, forty weeks out of the year. So, but yeah, that's that's what I would do. Uh, Money wise, I just I, the the wing stuff is better. I gotta tell you though, man, we were just talking about it. I almost, I'm Be almost thinking, to start a late the, model team. yeah, I'm almost <laughs> thinking to start a late model team. So you know, because of the money, but also those cars are so expensive. Um, and technology wise that's where those cars there's so much that goes into them now right when you think about um the suspension components and what you can do to them and and it's just insane there was a guy if you haven't watched it it's one of the it's one of the best racing videos i've ever seen uh where and i uh, i got to i got to look this up real quick because this guy he built a it shows kind of the the wiggle room that you have in late model racing uh what's the guy's name um, I want to find him because I want to give him his due. Uh, Austin Kirk, Kirkpatrick. Austin Kirkpatrick. He did a video, and the video is titled "This Suspension Technology Was So Was So Good It Was Instantly Banned." And in the video, he creates, he builds himself a front axle late model. Okay, so for those of you guys who don't know, on the dirt late models now, on the front end, they're independent suspension. He built a front, basically, think of a sprint car front axle, but on a dirt late model, right? Like, that's essentially what he was doing. And he goes through the issues that he had, how he developed it, what they had to change, all this stuff. And this car was dominant dominant and um basically it got banned but when you watch the story of um jonathan davenport with uh the car uh watusi right that had this suspension component on it that they had kind of figured out and uh there was actually a, a flow racing did a video on that component just recently where they talked about it and it was so good that at the end of the season they couldn't run it anymore, right? So you can you can do this type of stuff with the late models, and it's one of the reasons why it they're so expensive, 
And when you find that that thing, that that technology, that advantage, you damn sure aren't giving it up. You're going to milk that son of a for everything it's worth, right? Because that's, I mean, that's just insane, you know, that you can have the card that good. So, yeah, they're uh, they're definitely they're obviously interesting. I never, I always wished I could have worked on the dirt late models more because I I'm such a I'm such a nerd when it comes to um you know the suspension and setting them up and the late models always really intrigued me because of all of the mechanical stuff that's going on and then how big a deal the downforce has become with those cars right like the arrow with those cars is so important now we're like on the sprint cars it's the wing right like that's really it it's the wing you're not going to be doing anything to those bodies that are going to really make that big a difference with the aerodynamics of it. It's essentially the wing because you've got the nose wing and the top wing and the nose wing is planting the nose, but it's also getting air up onto the top wing. That's, that's all. That's it. Or the late models, you've got the, the downforce on the nose. You've got the side force. You've got the cars hiking up and creating the downforce on the rear, right? It's, it's really interesting to me and i i've always just nerded out on that stuff so i wish i could have got into it more but yeah it's yeah maybe maybe i would start a late model team <laughs> i'd start a late model team i don't know be interesting so but anyways you guys that's gonna do it all for this week's show so keith my man have a uh have a great weekend and really quick man before we go how's your son doing He's doing good. He's doing better. Um, the unfortunate part is now my right eye is absorbing whatever the hell he had. Oh no! So get to the doctor and get some antibiotics. Oh, absolutely. We're just passing it around. But the good thing is we're all on the mend. We're all on the upside. Well, that's good. That's good. So, anyways. All right, well, that is going to do it all for this week's show. We will be back next week with more action from both NASCAR and, obviously, the dirt track. So, anyways, Keith, my man, enjoy your weekend. Hope everybody continues to improve and get better. Will do. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend yourself. Oh, I will. I'll be working all weekend, so, you know, nothing new there. But, anyways... (laughs) I will enjoy it as much as I possibly can. So thank you very much as always for joining us, everybody. Please like, share, download, subscribe, all that other good stuff and do all that for us. And we will be back here next to do this next week to do it all over again. So have a great weekend out there. And until next time, take care.